When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 754. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA review from the weekend just gone. Before we get stuck into it, a little bit of housekeeping. Come on, you know the scripts. If you're a regular, you know that I say this every single week. But if you're a first timer, I want you to become a regular. So please subscribe to us on our website, fightdisciples.com. Everything's there for you. If you need a Spotify, you need a Google Play, you need an Apple Play, whatever you need, it's all there. You can choose how you consume this podcast. Or if you'd much rather just watch us do this show, which we which we do on a week-by-week -week basis, you can subscribe to us via our YouTube channel. So go to YouTube, type in Fight Disciples, go, oh, this is all right. Don't just watch the videos, press subscribe. And then when we release something, you will get that notification so you can come and be a part of the party. And it's not just the podcast. We're doing the long-form podcast, obviously, when we're doing reviews and previews of the show. Um, we're um, doing little bits of news videos, little 10 minutes, little debates, whether it be in boxing or MMA, they're going up there. Nick does his picks every Friday where he gives you some uh, betting advice, pointing you in the direction of how he thinks fights are going to play out. And this week, it's International Fight Week, UFC 290 in Las Vegas. We're going to go and produce diary footage, behind-the-scenes footage, interview footage. It's all going to be there for you. It's all going to be on our YouTube channel. Don't miss it, all right? So please subscribe, because we don't want it to pass you by. There you go. There's the T's and C's. There's the housekeeping. Mm -hmm. Let's get stuck into uh, a little bit of MMA action. For those that haven't consumed the boxing show, so you don't know what's going on here, um, it is now 8.30, Sunday morning. Yeah, we got up nice and early to produce this because Laughing Boy's in a charity football match. I've got my kids on the kickboxing mat very shortly to be grading for their, for their next belts. We haven't got the window to produce normally on a Monday for you because we're getting on a plane and clearing off to International Fight Week. So we didn't want you to miss out, you see. And I know, mm -hmm. listen, there's, there's other podcasts that are delivering free stuff. We get that. But they're, they'd have half-assed it. They'd have gone, oh, Sodom, Sodom. We'll do it next week. No, not here. Yep. Not here at the Fight Disciples, man. Not here at the multi-award winning Fight Disciples. We turn up to give you a half-ass review, even though it's a half-ass exactly. review that we're about to give you. <laughs> <laughs> I got up at half five with the chickens and watched uh, the two best bits from the prelims. That's the beauty of being able to look back. And I watched, uh, I watched the main card as well, so... It will be a half-arse review, but at least it's a half-arse review with blurry eyes. I have seen it. I have seen I like, the I like action. The I'll tell you what, there was a like couple the of big moments. I like up there by saying two key moments from the prelims. Because I'm interested to see what your two key moments are. We'll get to that in a minute. But, but yeah, mm -hmm. listen, last week, we kind of went in on this card, didn't we? It's Apex, first and foremost. Don't like right. it. Bugs me, right? I want to I want to be in front of the crowds. I want to feel the love and the atmosphere. Lucky enough to be in that situation this week when we go to the T-Mobile, the UFC 290. All right? Then we looked at the card. Name value was lacking. Okay. 
don't judge that because it's the UFC. The matchmaking is normally bang on. Turns out the matchmaking was bang on because <laughs> there's a couple of moments in this where you get to where you've got your viral moments, you've got your talking points. You can walk away from this going, "Oof, going to keep an eye out for that particular fighter going forward." I don't think they'll be on an apex card again. They might be in front of a crowd uh, next time. But I stand by my views on the main event. Stand by. Last week. We said that it was weird matchmaking. Sean Strickland taking on a guy that's just been in the UFC for 19 seconds, Abus Magomedov. Yes, he's got great experience. He's been in other franchises. He's been up, he's been down in these franchises. But I just thought an unranked fighter coming through for a five-round main event against Sean Strickland, the number seven-ranked middleweight, was weird matchmaking, especially when there was other options. I mentioned Roman Delizzi a couple of times last week. That that could have been the matchup because of Delizzi's great win against Vittori. Um, and watching this main event, it was like, do you know the first five minutes, right? It's weird. The first five minutes weird. There's Ipox in there. There's all sorts of fucking random shit in there, right? Magomed, um, Magomedov wins the round, right? He wins the round. But it was like, I was watching it going, has he ever watched Sean Strickland before? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, he, one, he didn't realize it was a five-round fight. And two, it was like he didn't realize he was fighting Sean Strickland. Unless I didn't know anything about Magomedov. I'd gone, this guy must have a tank for days, mate. He must have yeah. an unbelievable <clears throat> gas tank. If he's gone off at this pace now, he's either one in his head thinking he can take this dude out, or two, he's got a tank for days. Turns out it was neither. <laughs> it was always a weird one to see Magomedov in a main event against anybody, never mind Sean stage. Strickland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's he's just a he's a, a novice in, in in the UFC, and of course, listen, I know he's experienced outside of the UFC. I know he's got a solid record outside of the UFC, but this is the big show, man. This this is where your legacies are defined because there's no tougher stage than this, and doesn't matter what you've done on your thirty odd other fights. The UFC feels different. It tastes different. It's got more eyeballs than any other form of MMA. And they basically torpedoed him into this main event. Okay, it was at the apex. So, again, that's unusual as well. It's your main event, but there ain't going to be anyone there watching you. And I just thought Magomedov, the way he approached the fight, it was like a sprint. It was like, mm. right, fucking let's just get in there and get this done quick. You know, he jabs Strickland in the eye, first and foremost, and that made them reset again. And the Strickland eventually goes, yeah, of course I'm going to continue fighting. And Magomedov's like, emptying the tank. And I think Strickland was even, and, and Strickland's our guy to judge because he's yeah. sandwiched short of a picnic. Yeah. But I think even Strickland's a bit like... That's a very polite way of, of, of assessing Sean Strickland there. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. He's I think Strickland was all, got to the end of the round and was kind of like, is he mental? Like, <laughs> the faces that they're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he come out second round, Magomedov, and it was just like, Bump, like his <laughs> just fell off a cliff, and Strickland just battered him. And you were yeah. like, "Hey, what the hell easy. was that all about?" That it second was like, round was easy, wasn't it? He approached the fight like a tough, like a, a, a tough fight. You know, it's two rounds, and if you were in a third round, that's kind of what Magomedov did. He come out like a bat out of hell, and in the second round, he's like, oh, "I'll just try and hold on now." <laughs> it's like, what the? But, fuck? He, but he's doing it against Sean Strickland, who, exactly, who's... who's got gas tank for days. And who's tough? Listen, all right. He came up against Pereira, and we know what Pereira is. But yeah. Sean Strickland's tough as fuck, man. 
he could yeah. take a shellacking all day long, you know, and he could dish out a shellacking and that, like you said, that that gas tank, he's cracking. Did he not watch the video this week where he was sparring two dudes at once? Come on, man. The dude's a fucking head case. Mm. I just didn't get the tactics. But again, we go back to the matchmaking. We question the matchmaking. Inexperienced guy being put in with the number seven in yeah. the UFC. It was a stretch for me going into the fight and it played out as a stretch as well. That inexperience absolutely showed uh, in Abus Magomedov. It's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back off the back of that. It's also going to be interesting to see where Sean goes because what does he gain from winning that fight? Normally, a, normally a main event, wherever it is, doesn't matter if it's Apex or not, normally a main event win yeah. pushes you towards something, doesn't it? It, po- it points you in that direction. What does he get out of that? I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Very, very unusual matchup. And it's unusual for the UFC to get it so wrong, even for these Apex main events, which yeah. we can which we, you know, we we agree now. I think everyone's on the same song sheet that Apex is the third tier of UFC content. But the mat the, that doesn't mean the matchups at all mismatches. This is not boxing. No. And yet this main event felt like a mismatch. It felt like Magomedov. Just the the UFC and experience. Man, he's had more fights than Sean Strickland, but yeah, UFC and experience level. Was, was glaring. It was glaring because he just again. I don't know. There's no way he could have fought like that for twenty. Well, he could he couldn't fight that for twenty five minutes because he couldn't fight like that for ten minutes. Yeah, it made it, uh, it made t- it easy for Sean Strickland. In my yeah, opinion. he did. He gave it him. He gave it him. Um. I take my hat off to you because last week on the show, you said, listen, is Magulov versus Dawson's going to be the fight? This is the one to keep an eye on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, which was the cut. Do you know something? This should have been the main event. Yeah, should. Absolutely. This should, this should have been the main event, is Magulov versus uh, Dawson. We've seen this Magulov in uh, with some elite level opponents in the past and he's narrow, he, he narrowly came through it against Gurum, didn't he? Um, we'll talk about Gurum in a minute, but he's been there, done it, got a good um, pedigree and he's of a, uh, he's of a good level. And taking on Grant Dawson. And this was a really good fight for both guys to see. Right, where are you at, lads? Where are you at? Well, Grant Dawson is the absolute business, ladies and gentlemen. He announced himself massively in this uh, this three-round contest. And my man here, right, he's going to have a little hard on now, right? Because of uh, the judging, the scoring, call it whatever you wish. The criteria is going to come out and he's going to say 10-8 first round, ladies and gentlemen. 10-8 first round. Um, and you've got to take your hats off to Mike Bell because he's the only judge that did it. I was watching yes. it the first round when I watched it, and I get it, it's the first round. So you watch the first round, and There's you're not, not supposed to measure it against. Well, yeah. you're not supposed to measure it against. That's the thing. You're not supposed to measure it against something. You're supposed <clears> to watch <throat> your five minute piece, and you're supposed to say, Does that criteria that I have just seen warrant? A 10-9, 10-8, 10-7, whatever it is, and you're supposed to judge it on that. I understand that it may be slightly easier to pull a 10-8 in round two or round three because you've seen round one. I understand that. It's very difficult as human beings to eradicate what you have just seen. But 10-8, sorry, round one in this fight for me as uh, as damage, dominance, duration, it ticks all three boxes. Mike Bell gets it right. 10-8 10-8 is absolutely correct. Completely. And I love to see it. And the U- and the 
the Nevada State Athletic Commission needs to start encouraging this more yeah, because do, do. Well, when you dominate we a round like that, yeah, we do. It doesn't have Celebrating to be a fight-ending scenario to, to be ten-eight. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a fight-ending scenario to be a ten-eight. He was utterly dominated as Magulov, and yes, he came back into it a little bit more in two and three. Yes, he did. But he got completely and utterly his ass handed to him by Grant Dawson, who, by the way, was ranked fifteen. His Magulov was ranked twelve or thirteen going into this. So a big jump up for Grant Dawson in the rankings. I think this was a serious move from him in a lightweight division that is, as we talk about all the time the most stacked division in all of the UFC. This was a serious win for Grant Dawson. It really puts him on the radar now to go, okay, let's see if this kid can do top 10, because that's what's next for him. Yeah. And he's a name that we, you know, we talk about uh, the Sarukians. Is Magulov's been mentioned in there. Kutaladze has been mentioned in there. Grant Dawson's not been one of those names that we've been going wild about, really, is it? But now... That level of performance, you have to take notice because not only was the first round just utterly class, he came out, and and we're talking about doing this at the apex. You know, there's no energy. You've got to generate your own energy. You've got to generate your own motivations. He's gone out there, door shut, and he's gone, right, here we go, let's go rock and roll. Bang. And out he went. And and it's the level of opponent. Ismagulov's good. Very, very, very good. And he put it on Ismagulov in that first round. You're right. Ismagulov made a couple of changes to shorten the gap. But it was a shutout, man. It's 10-8, 10-9, 10-9. Dawson, absolutely class. Great performance. Really interested to see what he does next. Has to be top 10 opponent for me. Um, hopefully, we can get that uh, activity uh, rolling for him. Because I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Before, best performance, I would say. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's more viral moments that I'm going to talk about in a minute. But performance-wise... Grant Dawson stole the show. Because um, of the level of opposition. Because of the level yes. of opposition. Yes. Someone above you in the rankings to turn up and to hand his ass to him like that. You're right. Grant Dawson was brilliant. Yeah. Um, now, I have got quite a few uh, notes here from various fighters that maybe a few people that maybe if you're not necessarily hardcore MMA, you won't know too, too much about. Can I do Gurum first before we talk about some other stuff? Is that all right? If you want, you want to go back to, back down the card, okay. I'm going to go right down to the bottom of it, yeah, because obviously, Gurum Kutaladze, we've been high on him, we've been talking about him, we said, listen, this lightweight division, he is one of the guys. And do you know something? For 10 minutes, I'm sat there going, yes! Right. Good! Right. <laughs> <laughs> because we know him, he's a lovely guy, really nice personality, and we know how much graft he puts in. And, and he can fight. Mate, he can fight. He can absolutely fight. And uh, he was taking on uh, Elvez Brenner, who made this a proper scrap, man. You've got to take your hats off to, to Brenner. It was a close the... fight, but I thought I thought Goran was chewed up. Yeah. He won the first two rounds, but it was a belt of a fight. Yeah. Mate, it was... It, but Brenner played his part. He kept asking questions. But, for, like you said, for 10 minutes, I gave both of the first two rounds to Goran. But it was the pace that Brenner was going at, and he was making he was making Gurum do what he was doing. It was like I'm in I'm in hundred I'm going hundred mile an hour, son, and I ain't slowing down. I've got a gas tank here, pal. Come on, if you're beating me, you're gonna have to stay with me at this pace all the way through it. And then we got to round three, and yeah. Gurum just couldn't stay at the pace. No, he, he couldn't. just he just couldn't stay at the pace. And then that is when Brenner was able to find a slot, find a gap, find the moment, and 
and land what he needed to land in order to get the get the job done. You've got to take your hat off to Brennan. He stayed in it. He stayed in it. He kept the pace up, and he and he and, and Gooden just couldn't stay with him. It was a it was a phenomenal victory for Brenner. Got fight the night. He got fight the yeah. night. Great. I'm not surprised because Brenner's losing the fight. It's been a war. There's claret everywhere because he's got a massive gash on the top of his head from an elbow. Horrible. Like he's he, he's taking a bit of a hide, and but he's proven, mate, this is the UFC, and I've come to fight, and you're gonna have to fucking kill me to stop me. And he was just relentless, relentless, relentless. But I thought, good am more than hung with him. And I thought, okay, Goodham's going to win this on points. He's two right. Yeah. He's two up now. All he's got to do is stay out of danger. But typical Goodham, he wants to mix it up. He wants to stay involved. And I think it was the flying knee from Brenner. He threw a flying knee, Stunned, knocked it? Goodham's head back. And after that, even though the stoppage came about 30 seconds later, I think that was the moment where Goodham's heart just got broken a little bit, where he was like, oh, I just can't keep this guy off me anymore. And I, as you say, Full credit to Brenner, man. That kid just there was just no quitting him whatsoever. There were so many opportunities when he could have done what Guram did, and yet his heart and his determination just refused to allow him to quit. And in the end, that will, that desire to win broke Guram Kutaladzi. And that's a statement, honestly, because Guram's a fucking fighter, man. And he Brenner broke him, he absolutely broke him. Uh, that's why they both got fifty thousand dollar bonuses. Mm. It was an absolutely cracking fight. Yeah, um, you could take full credit for this because obviously in Paris last year, Benoit Saint Denis was a man that you came away from uh, the Paris card and you went, "Ooh, he's all right." I'll keep an eye on that little bugger. You were right to uh, point him out on last week's preview show, my man, because him and Bonfim had a brilliant knock for as long as it lasted. Yeah. Brilliant knock. You had, obviously, Saint-Denis, who was the king of the grappling exchanges. You had Bonfim, who was knocking fuck out of him with his hands and feet. And you thought to yourself, this is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant fight. It can't last the full 15 minutes. Turns out it didn't. Didn't even last five. Here we go, kids. Because I'm going to... I don't know if he got it fully. I don't know if it was fully under that uh, chin. But he bloody face cranked the living daylights out of him and nearly snapped his jaw clean off, didn't he? It was uh, it was a wonderful back and forth, but you just saw that cream, that class rise in those grappling exchanges where Bonfim seems a little bit of a fish, slightly out of water when Sundany managed to take the back and he just worked his way through to get the first crank on. Yeah, I thought on the feet it was pretty close. You know, Bonfim had much better hands. I thought he seems to have more power. He seems to have yeah. more power than him, didn't he? Well, Sundany isn't really. He hasn't really got a. A, a great boxing style. He's more about his kicks. You know, he throws body kicks. He throws a lot of body kicks as well. In fact, I think Bispin even commented on it in the commentary that the amount of body kicks that he was throwing. But you can afford to do that when you're such a strong grappler because you don't yeah. give a fuck if the guy catches your kick and takes you down because you yeah. want to go down anyway. That That's where your world is. And we've seen it a couple of times. It was like body kick into takedown, into mount, and, you know, it looked like it was going to end a little bit earlier, but Bonfim, to his credit, scrambled back to his feet. But then it was like, as soon as Santini closed the distance, he put forced another takedown. It was just, it was it was a fight of two contrasting styles. And Bonfim just, he just couldn't keep Santini off him. And that was part of the reason why he stood out in Paris as well, because he's just relentless. You know, we just talked then about Gastan previously with Brenner. Santini sets a pace. You can see he's fit as a fiddle. 
You know, he's got that whole French Foreign Legion background, which we talked about last week, which is the mindset of a soldier, this warrior. And it's just like he just wants to maul you. And that's exactly what he did once again here against Bonfemi. Bonfim. Then he gets on the microphone. He's like, I want to fight in Paris now. Put me out in Paris. I'm ready. Strict, right strict turn around. I'm ready yeah. for Paris. And I'm like, yeah, I want to see him in Paris as well. Because when Same. he fought in Paris, there was a proper pop anyway. So, you know, people obviously are bought in in, in France on the backstory and everything else. So, yeah, man, I, if he doesn't turn around for Paris, I'll be massively surprised. Cause Mate, he, they'll be mad. If he's fit, healthy, which I fully anticipate him to be. After, yeah, exactly. But I, I would, I'll be gobsmacked if they do not get him a fight for Paris because you build stars like this in the local time zones in front of their local fans. He was awesome last year. He's just put in a wonderful performance in Vegas. We go again. Keep keep you know, that you know, momentum you know, flying. Yeah, obviously he's he's. You know, I think the names the names he spoke about. He asked for Fazeev. He Did asked he? for uh, Gamrot. He asked for uh, you know that that for, I think for Volum might have been in it. Yeah, he, he asked for a bunch of rank guys, and you're like, yeah, man, full credit to you, but yeah. I don't quite work that way. Nah, fuck it, I'm in. Nah, fuck it, I'm in, mate. Let's go, let's go, let's see what you're all out, about. <laughs> mate, calling out Gamrot's a good shout, but you know, if you Gamrot, you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck? But hey. hey. <laughs> Why not, man? When you're making statement performances like that, you shoot your shot, you score, get the microphone, you shoot your shot again. Yeah, man. Right. Uh, six foot five middleweights built like a brick shit house on debut, delivering stone cold knockouts and picking up a nice little bonus. In the time, listen. Me and you butcher names all the time, right? We're going to yeah. do a couple now. We're going to butcher a couple of names. Ruzi Boev, Ruzi Boev, um, on debut um, with a, with an absolutely sensational finish of uh, Bruno Ferreira. But Oof, wasn't it just the the thing that is frightening about the guy's massive? He's absolutely. Yeah. There's no way that he should be hitting this weight. None at all. He's absolutely gigantic. Six and the, yeah, exactly. And on debut, the finish was cold, man. Catching that kick beautifully, and at, in all in one motion, kick comes in. I'll catch that. Bang! Straight right, right hand. So therefore, his base isn't full. He hasn't got a full base to throw the shot, but he absolutely sinks Bruno Ferreira. He's stunned, thinking, "What the bloody hell's just hit me?" Next thing you know, three or four come in. Bang! 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 Good night, Vienna. First round knockout. 50, 50 bags. Seeing a bit, kids. What a debut that is. He's unbeaten since 2019 as well, you know. Like he's a, I think he's only 28, 29 years of age, but he's had like fucking 45 MMA fights. You know, he's been around the block, even though he's still relatively young, as I say. But the mad thing is, is he's got this like kickboxing style, but he's US based now, and he's he's he trains at Gracie Jiu Jitsu. You know, he's a he's, he's one, his coach is one of the Gracies, so I don't, he's got I don't that, want that on top in his locker if as I'm well. I'm a middleweight. I do not want that six foot five thing on me. A six no foot chance. five one punch knockout artist <laughs> with Gracie Jiu Jitsu. That's who this guy is. He's an right absolute friend. vet. I should say that's. What, I think it was his forty sixth professional fight at twenty nine years of age. The guy's a serious fucking dude. And do you know what the coolest thing about it was? Because obviously he's got this stoic, he's an Uzbekistani man, and it's that you know that that you whenever you see these guys, they look fucking stoic and they look like you know Jesus Christ. They need to bump into him in that alleyway, and yet when Bispan puts the microphone in his face, he's so emotional 
because yeah. he's finally done it. 45, he had to move to America, had to do all kinds, yeah, 45 yeah. fight career, unbeaten since 2019. He finally gets his chance in the UFC and he does that. Knocks the guy out, one punch knockout in the first round. Bisman gives him the microphone. The six foot five man monster turns into a little baby and he's blubbing away. Can't even get his words out. Good. Come on, man. Love it. I love that shit. I love it. Yeah. One to watch. Ruzi Gulev. Yeah. Right. This is a name that I'm going to absolutely butcher the living daylights out of. Fektradinimov. Fektradinov. Nice. Listen, end of the Minat. day, he, he sublit. Listen, he fucking submitted Kevin Lee in 55 seconds, man. No messing about. You've got to feel for Kev, right? Because Kev. he's gone away. I've, I've, I've loved Kevin Lee. Loved him. I remember we were in uh, New York, weren't we, when he knocked out um, Gregor Gillespie with that uh, head kick, which was a knockout of the year contender. It was just absolutely cold. And... There's been plenty of times where I've watched Kevin Lee fight. I think you're you're on the cusp of something special, man. There was chat. Remember that time when they were chatting? Oh, he could be the the guy that gets all the Khabib, and he he could be the fella, and all this type of thing. And he was coming through, and it just it just whatever happened, whether it's a mental thing or whatever, it just didn't work. It just didn't happen for him. So then he gets cut, or he leaves the UFC, goes as a play elsewhere, and now he's back. And I've watched the interviews this week, and yeah, all right, he's chatting the chat. It's it's Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee's been Kevin Lee. But I'm expecting, with it being Apex prelims, someone's trying to make a statement there on Kevin Lee. They're going, all right, gobshite, go on, man. Get yourself on there, and uh, we'll put you in your place. But I expect Kevin Lee to go, nah. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take this show. I'm gonna show what 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 the what the absolute crack is. Little did he know what he was fighting, <laughs> because, jeez, yeah. mate, it was, it was quick. It's very hard to judge where Kevin Lee's currently at as a mixed martial artist because it was so quick. But yeah. what a statement victory that is! Name value, the style, speed, finish, taking necks. Got to take your hat off to it. If I was, if I, because obviously the, the big headline coming into the show was Kevin Lee going, well, why am I on the prelims and behind closed doors? What the fuck is this? And you're like, mate, someone stitched you up a kipper here. Mm. Because yes, they've put you on that shitty time slot on a third level UFC event, but they've matched you with a guy that's unbeaten in almost a decade. And in that decade, he's won 16 fights straight. No draws in there, no no contests. Sixteen and zero in nine years. Rinat was coming into this fight, and he just fucking pounced on Kevin Lee. Now, of course, you know he, he's. I think that was his third fight, second fight in the UFC. Yeah. Two previous points decisions. Yeah. Those points decisions are two of only four in his entire career of twenty-two wins or whatever. So I think we got sucked into a false narrative with Rinat to go, oh, we've seen him in the UFC. Yeah, he was amazing outside, but now he's here. Okay, it's points decisions, but yeah, oh, Kevin Lee, oh, I have to step up for him. Maybe it's the fact that he's got in there with someone like Kevin Lee, who's got that cocky ambition of, well, watch me put this Russian away and get mm-hmm. the microphone and tell everyone I should be on a pay-per-view next week, not on an Apex card. And that expectation from Lee means that 
someone of this caliber, because Renate's caliber has mm. been able to just fucking pounce on him. And before he's knew it, Kevin Lee's thinking about what he's going to say in the microphone. And next thing you know, he's fucking seeing stars getting choked out. He's brutal, mate. It was brutal. Mate, keep an eye on Renat, honestly. A decade. Almost I, I, I like the way that you're going first names. This is this is what I'll go first name because there's no yeah. chance that I can get uh, Fakradin off. Off. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> I can't even get it off, mate. It's so tough. Correct. But yeah, what? <clears throat> listen, we said what we said about the card building in last week on Thursday. All right, but. There's there's fighters and moments that come away from this card, and you're thinking you're not an apex fighter anymore, mate. You've you've yeah. got to go in the direction of let's put these people in front of uh, in front of crowds. And do you know something on the on the apex thing? Because I've I've seen Dana speak about this, and listen, I'm going to be in the fortunate position to speak to him next week, and maybe I'll put this towards him if we if time permits. He's very specific, isn't he, about being um, allowed to run his events as he wants to be able to run his events. And there's certain states in America, I've been reading up on this, that are still, up, you know, they're still working in COVID times. Things, are, you, you can't do certain things. So his thoughts, from what I'm led to believe, from speaking to people that are uh, too close to the situation, are I'm not putting an event, don't get me wrong, there's, there's financial benefits to doing it at the apex, get all that. But he's not putting events on in certain places if you if you, it can't be one hundred percent. They've only just gone back to Canada for crying out loud, haven't they? Over over the last God knows how long, just because that particular part of Canada has uh, has allowed things to happen. We're lucky here in the UK um, because our regulations got dropped a long time ago, so therefore we've had plenty of shows, and we've got another one coming up in a few weeks' time with the uh, with the July twenty second card. Uh, and long may that continue. But hopefully, as the world does get back to normal, Apex will start to get filtered out. I don't think it'll be 2023, but 2024, it'll start to get filtered out and we'll be uh, back on the ground uh, a lot more because it's just a better viewing experience. Let's be honest. It's a better viewing experience and you get better performances. Not that you didn't get some decent performances at the Apex. There were some solid ones in there as well. Um. Cardiff, Cage Warriors. Oh, sorry. Do you, is there anything else you want to talk about with UFC? Or, no, uh, I just wanted to yeah. name check Michael Morales from Ecuador because he fought Max Griffin on this card. And in terms of experience, Max Griffin's got right double the fights that he's had. And uh, this was a big test for him. And he come through that on a 29-28, two rounds to one points decision across the board, fully deserved. He's now 16-0, Michael Morales. And he's mm. in the UFC now. And he's making waves. And anyone that gets the 16 and own MMA career must be noted. So I just wanted to name check it. I didn't think it was the big biggest performance on the night. It never won a bonus, anything else. But but a novice like that, a relative novice, beating someone of the caliber of Max Griffin needs to be noted. Keep an eye on that kid. Yeah. Uh, the dentist against Matt Bonner in, uh, in Cage Warriors, Cardiff. Uh, I had a few mates actually going to this. A few people texting me throughout the course of the week. Are you coming down to Cage Warriors? Nah, mate. I'm in Manchester, sadly, watching uh, watching a bit of boxing. Uh, but by all accounts, the atmosphere was wicked. We highlighted last week it was an absolute shame that Mason Jones wasn't on the card because to have that would have been incredible for uh, for the local fans. Uh, but yeah, listen, you got some uh, MMA, British MMA royalty, didn't you, in uh, the dentist Darren Stewart and uh, in Matt Bonner. Who has been doing extremely well in the Cage Warriors uh, franchise of late, uh, but it's Darren Stewart that gets his uh, hand raised 
uh, in a fight that goes back and forth but goes to the decision. Mate, seven finishers in nine fights down in Wales. The, no wonder the crowd were fucking bouncing off the walls because it was just like finish after finish after finish. Um, some amazing moments, but you're, you know, it was obviously it was about the main event. Darren Stewart brings in the eyeballs, and mm. I thought he he controlled that main event quite comfortably. You know, um, Matt Bonner's obviously a threat, but Darren Stewart just it's a levels game in it, and he just proved mm. that he's levels above. Matt Bonner, is there another title push in in Cage Warriors? I'm sure that's what they'll be thinking. But uh, yeah, it was a good win for him. But, you know, the standout moments were the TKO for Reese McEwen was amazing. Uh, so the, left hook from, the left hook from Jimmy Quinn was an absolute belter of a shot as well. Uh, Scott Penderson got the local fans going, the Welsh kid with a rear naked choke as well. So quite a few rear naked chokes on this card. But uh yeah, I'm looking forward to going down to Wales. I'm down there week after next for the Four Nations Championships in South Wales. So if you're down there, I'll be there. And hopefully we get uh, some performances reflective of this Cage Warriors card. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, listen, that's it for today's uh, MMA review. We are off now to uh, Las Vegas for UFC 290. Please subscribe to our podcast um, because we'll be bringing you uh, lots of stuff throughout the course of the week, and we'll be getting you closer to the action. It's International Fight Week. Hall of Famers on deck. Lots of fighters in Las Vegas. Hopefully, we'll be catching up with a few of them and sticking them on the Fight Disciples channel. So please, subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. You can get your audio feeds there. Our podcast is available on YouTube too. Um, Fight Disciples on there. Please have a little bit of a nosy in and get stuck in. Um, and as well as that, just an added little piece of content. Um, I am a little bit fearful, and I could be um, the, the butt of this joke, but I'm now going to be in the same vicinity, same place as referee Mark Goddard. And if you've been listening to the show regularly, you'll know that he's after me, right? Yeah. He's sending Nick texts on a regular basis saying, when are, you when are you lads getting in? I want to see the little bold one, right? So get ready, kids. Get ready. I'm going to be elusive throughout the whole course of the week. Nobody's got, I'm going to be in incognito. I'm going to have a disguise on. I'm going to be hiding like fuck. From, the thing uh, is, from Mark Goddard. The thing is, you won't see Mark coming. No, You'll no. just be looking up at the stars after I he know. says hello. It'll just be a slick joke, good night. And you'll wake up going, how did I, I end mind. up on the floor? I know. I wouldn't mind, right? I haven't done anything wrong. All I did was an Oh, uh, don't be backtracking now. Don't all be backtracking. Was it was a shit brummy accent. That's all I did, right? And now do he's again. got No, do don't want to do it again. No, don't want to do it again. No, don't want to do it again. <laughs> what? Listen, I'll do it to your face, Goddard. I'll see you in Vegas, son. <laughs> This is going to be fun, isn't it? This is going to be fun. Listen, we're in for a great week. Um, so looking forward uh, to the two title fights that are going down at UFC 290. I'm sure you are as well. It's going to be some buzz. And I've got some weird fight predictions coming your way this week, you know. I've just got a weird vibe going on. I'm just going to hold them back because I want <laughs> to speak. I want to do the interviews. I want to see the fighters. You know what it's like when you're around them. You get a little bit of a vibe, don't you? I've been yeah. watching loads and loads of bits on a, a couple of fighters connected to this that just might do something that I'm not expecting them to do. All right? Yeah, I am referring to Drikas Duplessis. I'll get to oh! that. 
I'll get to that. I'll get to that later on in the week. Later on the week. Let me be around them. Let me feel the vibes. Let me let me feel the energy. And then we will talk, kids. Then we will talk. It's gonna be some bloody week, mate. I can't wait for it. And as fight fans, these are the weeks that we live for, innit? They're gonna it's gonna be a crackerjack. Um, thank you very much for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to it, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.